הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שגרנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש עם השבה ארץ המה. הוא יבחר לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסדון אמנחן, נווה מקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן פייגמן שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו והכל יסוד אמן. So ברוך השם, today we finish off סעיף י"ט, section 19 of שפחי ארן. We just discussed how Rabbeinu went from, went to the cave of his grandfather, Rabbi Nachman Horadenker. Later to the cave of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, we discussed a little bit about the secret thing that happened over there. Then Rabbeinu went to the caves of Hilel and Shammai. And that's where we stopped. ומשם נעשו לשאר מערות. And we continue with this עניין, the Rabbeinu, From there, from the cave of Shammai, then traveled with all the people that were with it to the other caves. And as they approached the great mountain, at the, that at the top of the mountain there was the cave of the holy Tana, the holy uh, Tanaic sage, Rabbi Khuspedai, who is um, brought down uh, in Shar uh, Gurgurim, this Inyan, where the where the grave of Rabbi Khuspadai is located, actually. The Arizal mentions it, because a lot of these graves, funny enough, nobody knew where they were. Came the Arizal, with his awesome, awesome Ruach HaKodesh, Borderland prophecy. <laughs> Came, and uh, it's an aspect of prophecy, literally. And uh, he looked at all the ground, and he traveled throughout Eretz Yisrael, literally looking at each place, and looking at all the unmarked graves, and telling us which tzaddikim were which. And he explains in Shara Gerulim and other books in Tzvarim, um, all the places of where the Holy Tzadikim are. And uh, he explains this, Inyan, where Rabbi Khuspedai, and he explains it, he describes it as being uh, on top of a mountain. Um, uh, what do you call it? South of the road, running east from Tzfat, as I'm quoting. And uh, yeah, this is the Rabbi Khuspedai mentioned in the Zohar, Kadosh, um, Tikkun HaZohar, So we see this Inyan here. It's a very special place. I myself had the merit of going there in Eretz Yisrael. It's a very, very special place. A beautiful spot. Mamash overlooking a little bit of the hills and the mountains. It's tremendous. So Rabenu climbed because it's on top of a mountain. It wasn't possible to go with the donkey there. He jumped from the donkey. And he and the attendant with him well, uh, jumped from off the donkey and he went. And basically, Rabbeinu, the entire way up the mountain, he used both his hands and his feet to climb up the mountain until he arrived at the cave. And there he remained there a little bit. He waited there. And then as he was finishing, they returned down and they went to another cave. And And as they were traveling to the caves of Tzadikim, Rabenu stopped at the cave of the Yanuka, of, of the holy child mentioned in the holy Zohar, in the Zohar Kadosh. The Orchayim, Rabbi Chaim Benatar, says it's the son of uh, the child of Rabbi Rabbi Amnuna Saba, the Zohar. This is the Yanuka we're talking about, the child of Rabbi Amnuna Saba. This awesome Tzadik who revealed tremendous novelties to the great Chavraya, to the students of Rabbi Shem Bayochai. And there was a rumor about uh, the cave and the grave of this, uh, this tzaddik, the Yanuka. Um, why? There was a rumor and there was a scare about the cave. Everyone feared to enter the cave. Because they all, 
there was a huge rumor, and they were all saying that there was a snake that was staying there in that cave. There was also a massive tree on this cave. Was the first one to enter this cave, the first person ever to enter the cave. And in that place, there was not a snake at all over there. Rabenu entered without any scare, and there was no snake. And from that point on, they all entered that cave. Uh, people entered that cave. Rabenu was the first one to do it, and after that, everybody followed. And uh, till now, today, Rabbi Nathan said I too had the merit to go visit that cave and uh, he entered in it and uh, he uh, he said that Baruch uh, Hashem that he had the merit to, to, to see it himself. And from that point forward since Rabbeinu started to go into that cave everybody else entered. And they Rabbeinu and uh, all the other people they also went to other caves until to the point where they did all the kivrat tzadikim and they returned to Tiveria. And then Rabenu commanded his attendant to go and travel to Haifa to go rent a ship to go back home. And as the attendant arrived in Haifa to rent a ship and to buy his uh, passageway with Rabenu on a ship, as he arrived in Haifa, a ship or a boat holding uh, the holy tzaddik uh, Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon of uh, Shepetovka, a massive tzaddik, um, one of the students of the Magid Mezrich, one of the main disciples of the Magid Mezrich, was arriving uh, from Europe back to uh, Eretz Israel. He was uh, returning. And also uh, with a ton of emissaries returning from Europe as well. And uh, this uh, holy tzaddik um, Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon uh, had been sent by Rabbi Baruch Medzibos, Rabbeinu's uncle, to look after the uh, the charity money uh, that was dispatched to the Hasidim in Eretz Israel, and uh, he wanted to go check that it was being properly used and not being misused, that the funds weren't being misused. So Rabbi Baruch wanted to make sure that Rabbi Avram Kalisker wasn't uh, misusing the funds because he was the leading Hasid at the time. He was the one organizing all the, the money and portioning all the money, etc. And uh, the, rabbi, the rabbi of Shepetovka, he was coming to make sure. So he had some uh, some uh, some rumors. He Whatever, he had some, uh, what do you call it? Small resentment for uh, Rabbi Avraham because he thought or he, he had... Uh, Thought of him to be as uh, stealing this this money, etc., etc. So he comes to Israel to come check on Rabbi Avraham Kalisker to make sure that he's using the funds properly. And it was at that time when this attendant of Rabbeinu came to Haifa that the entire story of the informer took place, literally. And that's when he came to Haifa. That's when he received the money of uh, the Shlucha de Rabbanan, the emissaries returning from Europe. Back to Eretz Israel with the money, he's the one who became the messenger and the the person to deliver that money back to Tveria. And they were forced because of the um, the 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 people guarded uh, the watchmen at the gates of the city, which were looking out for the money. They were forced to hand over the money to this man, uh, the attendant of Rabenu. 
And then the attendant of Rabbeinu was forced to return back to Tveria with the Bani Uvaoli Tveria, and as they returned to Tveria, as, as he returned to Tveria, Rabbeinu said, It seems to me that basically it's God's will, it's automatic that Hashem wants us to stay in Eretz Yisrael for a little bit more. And Rabbeinu told the attendant to go rent donkeys so that they should travel to Yerushalayim, the holy city. And as Rabbi Avram Kalisker heard this from Rabbeinu, he requested him not to go. As the Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon of Shepetovka, this holy tzaddik, arrived in Tiberia, he did an awesome feast on behalf of Rabbeinu. And he, 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 uh, what do you call it? He loved Rabbeinu very much. Showed a lot of affection for him. And uh, they spoke together in confidence uh, alone. No, not one soul heard what they spoke. And Rabbeinu was the intermediary of peace between uh, the Rav Shpitufke and uh, Rabbi Avram Kalasker. Um, all the resentment that was between both of them um, completely ended and ceased as Rabbeinu made peace between them. This holy Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon of Shepetovka, just so you know, brought down Chaim Oran, uh, number 146 over there, that um, as Rabbeinu returned back, we know a year and a half later, basically after Rabbeinu's return from Eretz Yisrael, the Veshpol uh, Zede, one of the, the big Hasidim at that time, um, create, created a huge opposition against Rabbeinu. Even though when Rabbeinu returned back, he met with the Shpol Zede and there was a tremendous love between them, there were rumors spread to the Shpol Zede that Rabbeinu did something that Rabbeinu never did. And the Shpol Zede heard these rumors and he created a huge machlok and strife and opposition against Rabbeinu that never ceased. To the point, uh, even after Rabbeinu's passing, the Shpola Zedda continued, uh, sorry, even until Rabbeinu's death, um, the Shpola Zedda never stopped his uh, argument. There was never peace made, bit, uh, made between them. Rabbeinu said, Chaim Oran, said, I feel sorry that he was the one made for this uh, tool as the, of the Yetzirah. I feel sorry that they said things to him about me that I never even did. And that he's being used as a tool of the evil inclination. Um, Rabbeinu writes in Chaim Oran. And there are many Yanim said about this Machloket. But uh, Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon of Shepetovka said that those who created this rumor between uh, of, about Rabbeinu, created rumors about Rabbeinu that he, never, that he did things that he never actually did, and who said things about Rabbeinu, creating this Machloket, Rabbeinu said that, uh, uh, sorry, he, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon of Shepetovka made a curse on all those people who started the rumors that their tongues should descend down to their navels. So uh, we see here uh, this inyan. Just a little story about Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon of Shepetovka, the same uh, person who was with Rabbeinu in Atveria. And after a short while, an epidemic broke, down and broke out in Tveria. And Rabbeinu was forced to flee from his lodgings to another lodging. And the epidemic broke out on that street too. And Rabbeinu as a whole had to flee from Tiberia. And as Rabbeinu was fleeing from the city of Tiberia at the time of this epidemic, may God spare us, he was in great danger.
because the city gate was completely closed and sealed. So he couldn't flee by way of the city gates, he had to flee by way of cave. Until he fled through the cave and he, as he exited the cave, he was blocked by a massive wall by the border of the Kineret, the Kineret Lake. And Rabbeinu wanted to jump, he, Rabbeinu wanted to hop over the wall to descend down from the opposite side of the wall so that he could leave the city. And Rabbeinu got up over the wall and Rabbeinu got over the, the outside part of the wall, not the inside part facing the cave, but Rabbeinu slid over the wall and was about to slide over the wall and land on the ground towards the outside part of the city of Tveria so that now he could leave the city. Rabbeinu began to look down and it wasn't ground. It was actually the sea. The sea was right under him. The water was right under him. Sorry. The kinat was right under him. And it was very dangerous. The fall was very big. And Rabbeinu was holding up just on his fingertips and on his feet upon the wall that was above him. And below him was the, feet, was the, was the water. And lifted his heart up to Hashem. And Hashem saved him with his abundant mercy. And Rabbeinu emerged from that episode with peace and got out of the city peacefully and saved himself. He received his grip, got back his grip, and was able to uh, find his way out. Um, <clears throat> and uh, as Rabbeinu exited with peace, he went to the city of Tfat, where the Ariza resides. And Rabbeinu sat there for a few days until rumors spread, until he heard that the French with Napoleon um, were soon approaching the city of Akko. They were coming to invade Akko. That's it for today. We continue in the next part of this uh, journey. Um, as Rabbeinu hears this news of Napoleon coming, um, we continue with Siman uh, Chaf, with uh, section 20 of Shifrei uh, Aran.